0: did in to the Indie LA experience. So Aaron, have you ever had a moment in a show where you've sort of dropped the ball, like if you will, or have had like a cast member or um, somebody help pick you up or get you to that next point in the show?
1: Uh, I mean, I've definitely jumped into some some understudy situations before, filling in for people who maybe were, like, hurt or things. But um, there was one time, you know, working on cruise ships. Okay. uh, Like, you know, sometimes it can get a little rocky. And, um, you know, we're on skates on ice. So, obviously, if the ship is listing one way or the other, you kind of, like, you glide. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are the first to feel it. Yeah. And uh, there there was one show. We were in Australia in the winter season. In uh, the finale of the show, we had these big, like, window glass kind of prop cards and it was really rocky that show and we're supposed to bring these things out and kind of set them up in this uh, configuration and then we all had these you know little solo parts that went around um but it was so rocky that the cards wouldn't stay still so basically i just stood in the middle and and held them (laughs) (laughs) on the spot oh wow um so then my part, my skating partner, uh, you know, had to kind of do a solo and everyone else kind of did their thing. But, and I just kind of awkwardly stood in the middle holding these like things so that no one, the stage hands no one so would that. like get their head <laughs> taken off. Wow. Uh, yeah. What about you? Have you had a moment like that?
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, several, but you know, I've kind of, several. Just, <laughs> I've kind of just gotten by with, you know, sometimes it'll be like a gig where there's a, there's a horn line or something that I'm not familiar with or a solo maybe I don't feel comfortable with. I pass it on to, like, somebody else. Uh, but typically, like, you know, I do play an instrument like the saxophone that's often, like, a background instrument. If the horn line isn't prominent or something like that, then you can kind of get away with, like, doing your own thing or creating something on the spot. Okay. You know, especially if you're playing with, uh, especially if you're playing on your own, you know, you can get away with... <laughs> no one knows what you're <laughs> yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On. No one's quite paying attention. As long as you sound good and you're... You know, playing in the pocket, playing with the band, but when you are playing with other musicians, like other horn players, say for example, and there's a a track that is very horn heavy, or the horns sort of help define the track. Okay. Then you know, then you got to be on your on your um on your a game. So yeah, I have had an instance where I was on a wedding gig and they called Sir Duke, right, Stevie Wonder, and that's a very horn heavy song there's i mean it starts with horns there's um there's horns in the in the verse horn hits there's a whole horn solely like a section that's like a shout out for you know and stevie yells blow right and (laughs) oh yeah 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 and there's it it's a you need the horns for that for that song it kind of leads the song absolutely it drives the whole track and for that particular gig I don't know what happened. I just lost it under my fingers and was not sure. Like the, the band leader called the track and... You're like, Marcus, blow. No, no. <laughs> well, he called the track and I was like, oh, man, like, like like I don't know that one. And the trumpet player, you know, next to me, he's like, oh, I know it. And I was like, okay, well, you're going to have to play it. And he's like, well, I'm not sure if uh, I know it as well on trumpet as I do on sax. Oh, really? Like, what? Like this guy plays both? <laughs> and... I was like, oh, well, man, if I got an extra mouthpiece, you know, you can jump on, you can jump on the track. I went and grabbed my mouthpiece really quick, set it up. I had a new reed and this guy played on my horn like tremendously. I was like, he's like standing next to me playing trumpet. And I was like, and he's also just just ripping on my horn and and my horn isn't like, you know saxophone if you know it you can play it but it's not a easy horn to just like jump on you know it was like an old it's an old horn mm-hmm. you know the, the key work on it you know takes some getting used to for most people but this guy just hit it and i'm like wow okay i, I gotta get on this level i gotta you know really know my stuff so uh, and what did you do i, wanted to do, I was just clapping I I stood stood there clapping and (laughs) just just, doing a little step. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna two step and clap on the twos and fours. Like, (laughs) I mean, if I had a little tambourine, I probably would have threw some of that in there. But in this artist, this player I'm talking about, he also happens to be our next featured guest.
2: Everybody has value, whether or not you're stepping into a situation where others can see that is on them. It's not on you.
0: All right, today we have in the studio with us music producer and musician, Jesse McGinty. Jesse, thanks for being on the show with us. Oh, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we want to start with how your musical journey began.
2: Well, my parents are musicians. Pops is a drummer, and my mom's like a early music, you know, early childhood music teacher. And uh, I was basically in her classes from when I was a little baby until... Um, until i started school i guess okay and you know now my daughter is doing the same thing with my wife my wife's also my wife also does early childhood music you know and so um i see that similarity in my upbringing and my daughters you know okay but um yeah so my parents both being musicians right from uh, the beginning they were taking me to concerts and and uh like seeing all the different music around Buffalo, Um, Buffalo, New York is where I grew up, you know? And so for Christmas Mm -hmm. when I was six, right, uh, my mom said I could pick any instrument I wanted to play and I would get lessons with the person that I saw playing it. So she took me to, you know, jazz concerts. She took me to um, the Philharmonic. She took me to, uh, you know, um, just... All, all, the different yeah. performances, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I saw this this guy playing the saxophone, a Jamaican dude. Okay. Yeah, old old Jamaican guy, and he always he always used to say like, uh, "I played on forty three cruise ships and five river boats." And, yeah. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> okay. all right. This whole like bit that he did, but um, so I saw him playing at the library and playing jazz, you know, playing flute and and alto sax, mm-hmm. and uh. Yeah, I was like, that's my guy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm going to take lessons with that guy. So it was genius what my mom did Mm -hmm. because it got me excited about doing it. It got me to, like with kids, the most important thing you can do is have them feel like they're the one making the choice to to do the thing, you know? And so for her to give me that choice and to give me the excitement of, Seeing the person that inspires me and then, you know, uh, getting getting to take lessons or work with that person, mm-hmm. um, that was a really great, great thing. So, for Christmas, she got me a saxophone. She got me lessons with that with that guy. His name was Carol McLaughlin. That's and really cool. And he still teaches in Buffalo. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. He's old now, but um, great teacher. Yeah. So, that's how I started. Mm-hmm. And then my, my mom's good friend... um her name was um, Sue Teller. She's a trumpet player. Um, and she was, like, really close to the family. So I wanted to play trumpet, too, you know. Um, and so I was playing sax from when I was six. And then, you know, in school, they start you on an instrument. So I started trumpet in school. So I always played sax outside of school, started trumpet in school. Gotcha. Um, and then all the way through. Uh, all my schooling—you know, elementary, middle, and high school—I did trumpet at school, but saxophone was out outside of school. So you know, I got the, I got the music education early. Yeah. Um, which I can't say enough good things about. But I would also say that everybody comes to music in a different way. Yeah. You know, and there's no right way to do it. So, but that's how I started. Okay. You know
1: would you say there was one aspect of that early music education? I mean, you said you started sax at six. Mm-hmm. So in those those pre-years, was there something that you remember that stands out to you? In terms of what inspired uh, spark- me? Sparking the interest? Yeah.
2: I would say, you know, my dad playing all these records, like, uh, you know, all these old jazz records for me. Mm-hmm. And it was really the people that inspired me, seeing this guy play. The live. The live performance, which is what I always... It's what I spent my life working on and what I gravitate towards still, you know, to some degree. But uh, yeah, I would say the people inspired me. And then also hearing all those old records and really relating to that music, that jazz, that old jazz, the, the horns, you know. Um, and since my parents were musicians, that's what I was around all the time, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's just having music in the in the house you know seeing my dad play the piano the drums you know he's a drummer okay um and so yeah just seeing people do it and making it a reality rather than just something that you don't understand anything about uh is super important like with my kids when they see when they see me doing something that's how they know that they can do it too. You know, it's,
0: I guess uh, you're just seeing it being done by the people that you're looking up to. Yeah.
2: And
1: and with the people you relate with and yeah, yeah, Yeah,
2: totally. And it makes a re it makes it a reality for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what I would say is it was just around me all the time. And that's what sparked my interest. And I just gravitated towards it as a young person. I don't even know necessarily why that's a whole other question. Right. Yeah. is it that we gravitate towards certain things it just aligns with us in some way you know um but yeah that's what i would say about that
0: yeah i can say that um that when i was younger i heard this record of of train playing the soprano and that was the first time that i heard that instrument Mm -hmm. and it sparked such an interest that i knew i wanted to like play that myself as well. So do you have like a record or like a moment or, you know, I know you're, you're saying that you're surrounded by music. It was always in the house, but do you have like that, that one instance that you maybe heard the trumpet, you heard the saxophone and you knew that that was what you wanted to choose to do?
2: I mean, the saxophone again, train was my guy when I was growing up too, you know? Um, I think the first record I ever got was giant steps, you know, but that's cool. Yeah. it's my dad, you know? Um, and the trumpet, I saw that 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 what I called Aunt Sue, you know, playing playing the trumpet. So I really like that, you know. But um, I don't know. I was just excited about it when I started doing it. Again, I saw that guy playing it, and mm-hmm. I went to the I went to the Philharmonic as yeah. a four year old or five year old or something. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to see this guy playing the sax at the library. I was like, yeah, like that is, <laughs> that that is cool, you know. Um, and I also remember being in, in um, middle school, we have those teachers that teach uh, like, I, I don't know what they call the class, but it's like what you're going to do when you grow up. Like, like how to career be- development yeah, Career development kind of thing. Yeah, career development, like yeah. how to be organized and uh, stuff like that, you know. You got to learn how to make a resume, all that type of stuff. And uh, I remember her saying people, ch- people change careers eight times on average. Interesting. in their lives and I was sitting there as like a seventh grader or something and I'm like Psh, I'm never gonna change yeah, I already <laughs> know what I'm gonna be doing I'm a hundred percent committed to at that point already I was a hundred percent committed to to doing music full time in my life yeah. even at that point you know uh, every day I would be playing music going playing in the orchestras playing in the uh, jazz bands. I'd go downtown play with the old guys in the jazz band. You know, uh, do it in school in every every marching band, orchestra, jazz band, the concert band, all of it. You know, I was yeah. doing all of it every every day. You know, and so um, yeah, when you commit to something like that, there's no question. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, you know, I think everybody can relate to that who really chooses a path early um, that. When you one hundred percent commit, things just happen, and you're you're just kind of propelled by that momentum. You know,
1: it becomes part of your life.
2: Yeah, it Mm -hmm. just is what your life it becomes what your life is. It doesn't define you, but it's what again pushes your life forward. You know, it's the path that you you choose. You know.
0: Well, I can recall as a early musician getting into festivals and you know playing for like concerts i would always try to play some sort of solo for like the concerts that we had Mm -hmm. um i think that i just found something that i really liked that i wanted to practice at and i happened to be good at it i was like always first chair and you know doing these different events i guess do you have any uh like, like growing up like things that you were like getting involved in like tell me about your story from middle school how you went to like through high school into studying it
2: I mean, I'm a little bit of an outlier in music because I, um, I started to want to play all, all all the different instruments, but but wind instruments, right? Like a okay. lot of a lot of kids will be. Oh, I want to play guitar. Oh, I want to play drums too. Oh, I'll play the bass. You know, I sing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing any of those things. You know, um, so I played the sax and I played the flute and I played uh, then I played the trumpet and then you know I played the clarinet. Um, And then I picked up the other saxophones and then, you know, eventually I played the trombone and, you know, all all the wind instruments I was drawn to, you know, and, you know, I played the piano and all through and stuff like that, but. uh, No big deal. I mean, (laughs) you know. That was only like what, six,
1: seven (laughs) instruments right there.
2: Uh, But I was just doing it for myself. And then, and, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I felt like putting the time into it really would make it something that was what made my life possible. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I went to jazz camp as a as a high school student, you know, like um one of these um kind of like audition-based camps, which was really good to um and like going to the all-state jazz yeah. uh being in that ensemble and stuff like that those are important things and even in middle school and and elementary school like the the area um the the county bands and stuff like that all that is really important for the kids you know and for me too to be around other people who are really committed to doing it well and doing it
1: a little bit of that competitive environment Yeah,
2: competitive but also the thing that every that people are doing with their lives as a young person Mm -hmm. you know they're committed to it they're they're really practicing every day and want to do it you know being around other people like that really uh is important you know yeah I mean I would say those things and then I was always I was even doing performances even as a young person you know and that's that guy Carol who I ended up taking lessons with he was always putting me in little you know play with his big band and you know little little gigs around town and stuff like that and um you know so it was already a real thing for me even as, as a young person but going to a festival i don't know i i guess yeah i went to some jazz stuff you know but not like i never really like went to a bunch of concerts and stuff like that that was never what it was about for me it was really about um, falling in love with the practice of the music and um, exploring what I could do with it and how I could be better. and Yeah, it taught me everything I know too, you know, about life. When you find something that that teaches you and gives you purpose and makes you feel better about every day that you live, you do that. You do that every day, you know. Um, It's not just about You want to do it as a career, you know, in fact, that was the last thing on the mind the Mm. whole time. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, how am I going to make money with this? It was at, at a certain point it was like, Oh, well, I, I'm at this point. Okay. Now I have to make money with it. Right. But um, it's really about the everyday learning process of it and that it, that never ends, you know, and that teaches you how to live your life. All the other aspects of my life come from uh, my practice of learning music and playing music with people, you know. Um, and I think music is a kind of a magic thing to be in touch with. Yeah, to you know, experience and to yeah, share. Yeah, to experience and to share, and it's, uh, it's something that um, – you know, some people will say other things are, you know, whatever it is that you work at, um, but I I think music is a little bit different in the fact that uh, it's it's nothing, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not um, it's in the moment and it's gone, and you can't see it, you can't touch it's not it. Not like a tangible not thing not a that tangible you can hold. Thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it moves. People And it moves air and it is uh, understandable by everyone, Yeah, you know, and yeah, so there's just a lot of learning that went into uh, being a musician and a true musician. It's a life. It's a lifestyle. It's a f- it's the full life. It's not. Oh, I got good at this. Now I can do it. It's every day for your entire life, a constant process, yeah. you know. And so uh, even as a young person, I just felt, like, enamored with it, you know, just, like, just an explorative um, process yeah. every day with it, you know.
0: Cool.
1: Well, yeah. this, is, this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're a musician, and it's very much who you are and what you do. And like mm-hmm. you said, it wasn't about how can I make a career out of this. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, it does become, you know, your life, your career. Right. How do, you, how do you balance kind of that, that love for just the music and the lifestyle um, when it does come time to eventually you do start making money and have to make money from things?
2: Right. Um, so I think a lot of people in our industry, musicians, have a lot of damage and problems from what you just said. Mm-hmm. Just that balance because um, you kind of have to navigate what you do Creatively, what you do for love, um, the competition, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the the um, comparing yourself to other other people uh, and what you do for a living gets wrapped up in all that stuff. And some people are better at it than others, but everybody has to deal with the fact that what you loved and what you worked your whole life at is, um, unfortunately, looked at by somebody who is gonna say you're you're better than this person, and you're worth this much.
1: Sure, somebody's you, gonna put you, a price tag. Somebody's gonna put a price on tag. What you on, do.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's a, a really tough thing to to navigate for for all of us Mm -hmm. you know and in any job any career it's the same thing but it's particularly strange i think in music and other arts sure you know we also
0: have such
1: a wide range of artists you know as far as you know financial you know somebody like taylor swift who just became a billionaire yeah you know versus people that are you know full-time musicians playing local gigs
2: absolutely Mm -hmm. i mean the nice thing about music is there's always a place to make money Mm -hmm. like writers have it a lot tougher than musicians do because a writer has got to be on something that's consistently paying them musicians there's there's little stuff to do you know there's um mixing there's you know producing little stuff music for things there's little gigs at the bar there's wedding gigs there's tours there's I mean it's there's a ton of stuff you can always work you can go out on, on the street and make some money and play play music you know Um, so in that regard we are fortunate that there's
1: it's kind of diverse. kind
2: of yeah you can you can figure out a way to get some money uh, with music but the comparing thing and the the seeing, you know, the social media is like a huge problem for everybody. But in music, it's like I don't know. There's this whole behind the scenes of like, especially in the in the instrumentalist world or the the, the background singer world or whatever. Um, there's people like you know, you look at it, and you're like, oh man. Cause there's not a ton of jobs like that. You know, it's like you look, you look and you see somebody doing it and you're like, Oh man, how do I, how do I get on that? And then you start doubting yourself. Like, you know, uh, that self doubt, um, comes in a lot of times on when it's work or, or when you're playing because everything's so diverse, but then somebody looks at somebody else as they get praise and you don't. And then, um, you start to feel like, well, all this work that I did is, is this marketable or is this something that people will want to hire me for, you know? Um, and so I think those feelings, you have to kind of breathe through those and move through those. But, uh, a lot of people I've, I've seen, I mean, it's, it's myself too. I feel like, I'm at a good place navigating all that stuff, but it's a very difficult process mm-hmm. to get through all that, you know, and to get to a place where you're confident in what... What you're doing. What, what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, also stepping into roles that because you always have to say yes to things that you're not completely comfortable with. You never know exactly what you're stepping yeah, into. You always
1: want to push yourself and you want to push yourself, but create all, opportunities
2: totally. But also people call you and you don't know exactly what you're getting into, you yeah. know, like a session, like mm-hmm. going to play on somebody's session. You don't know what it's going to be once you get there really. And so um, you can just be as prepared as you can from your whole life. Like that. You can't, Oh, I have a session. Let me, uh, practice something like today. It doesn't work like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's when that self doubt kind of comes in when you step into one of those situations and it's not exactly in your wheelhouse, you know, and those things have lasting impacts on, on some people, but you really got to let it go, let it go, you know, but it's a weird thing sometimes, you know, um, that whole process of like separating all the things, mm-hmm. the job, the life, the the creative, the you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. And that's that's across the board for everybody. But uh, it's so personal with music, you know, it's, it's like it's like your passion and, you know, and, and with any arts. Right yeah yeah
0: well going to those gig calls i know you've experienced this as well i'm sure but a lot of times it's availability first right yep. they'll ask you like hey you available to this date mm-hmm. you know you can uh you, you say yes or no you say yes and then you get the just information like little by little but like you said you don't know what you're going into you don't know uh Maybe sometimes you don't even know like the pay because people aren't like, you know, actively like putting all of that information out first. I can recall getting called for a gig and having the availability and seeing who else was going to be on the gig and kind of getting an outline. Like, all right, we're playing with uh, this artist who is up and coming pop singer. It's a it's a full band and I'm seeing some of the other band members and here's where that self-doubt came in. I saw, like, the names of people and kind of like, oh, well, that's that's so-and-so, that's, um, you know, that's my buddy's friend or, you know. And and I'm seeing, like, this lineup of, of musicians, and I'm like, man, I, I can't, like, play with these guys. I get on the gig, and we're just miming on stage to this music video. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, wasn't even, we weren't even playing. Okay. And so I was, like, getting in my head of, like, what this gig was going to be and, like, you know, and like you said, I had to just, you know, well everything that i've prepared up until this point this is what this is going to be for this event and it turned out that we were just playing along just (laughs) do it
2: like yeah the other thing about music is man nobody's getting hurt right like the (laughs) stakes are low sure you know what i mean (laughs) honestly Mm -hmm. um and like just go do it and if you fold and you fail and you sound terrible like it doesn't something. matter, right? <laughs> it does not matter, right? And we put a lot of emphasis on how others look at us and how others think about us, but the reality is, it's not, it's not uh, gonna hurt you. It's not gonna, you know, maybe they won't call you for another gig, but there's plenty of gigs you can do anything. Like just do it. Yeah. Step into whatever it is. Take the chance. You know and either way you're gonna use learn it,
1: it as a, a, yeah use it as a learning experience
2: yeah use mm-hmm. it as a learning experience yeah and you know value what you bring to the table mm-hmm. like you everybody has value whether or not you're stepping into a situation where others can see that is on them it's not on you yeah you know and i don't know there's a lot of vibes that go on in all sorts of careers but also in music you know where people um don't necessarily see your value you know because it makes their job harder sometimes right Mm -hmm. and they don't want to do the work they just want to make it a little easier and of course you know there's situations that certain people can't step into you know obviously but if you're being called for something there's a reason yeah you know somebody's somebody is calling you because they think you can do the job or they think you can bring something to the table. So go do it. And if, if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. It's not the end of the world, you know?
0: Yeah. Cool. So you, you talked about, um, how a musician's career was a little bit more lucrative or there was other opportunities than like, say like a writer. Mm -hmm. So, what are some of those opportunities for you? And do you have like some favorites? Do you have some that you lean towards more than others?
2: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do like playing live music, but there isn't really an end game with that. You're just going to do it your whole life. Sure. And we all know those people, you know, and I, I think that, um, recording music and, Investing in yourself and uh, doing something that can pay you continually and pay you later so you make more of your time rather than just you go play a gig. The only thing you're going to get the money. And when you leave there, the only thing that could happen is you have to invest more time to another gig to get more money. Sure. Right. When you record music, something could happen with that music. You know, it could end up on a commercial. It could end up um, somebody really likes it and they put it on their record. You know, um, it could end up that people love that song and it the song does well. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's places to put music all, all over the place. So I think recording music is uh, a much better. I mean, it's not better. It's just a bet. It's a, it's a bet that could repay you. And I enjoy being creative uh, and putting things down more sometimes than just going and playing uh, the same thing or whatever. You know, Yeah, yeah. I'm playing jazz, like that's different, you know, but a lot of the gigs that pay money, you're going to do a job. You know, you're playing the same songs, whatever it is, whatever your uh, whatever artist you're playing with or whatever. Um, You know, unless you're the artist, but whatever artist you're playing with or whatever covers you're doing, you're just going to do the job. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we work hard to be good at that, but uh, it's it's not exactly creative. So I I would say the studio is a more um, worthwhile investment if you can make it work, if you know how to make money there or if you know how to um
0: create more opportunities for yourself
2: yeah you have to
0: you and have for, to, and
1: for, for residual potential residual
2: res- potential residual and also better time to money return you know gotcha uh sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. um so yeah it depends but um i do i do like being in the studio more than Playing a gig a lot of times, yeah, okay. Because it's also your own space, you know. Yeah. When you go out and play a gig, there's like a, you got to deal with a lot of people a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, and like you gotta drive there or fly there, and you gotta, um, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. But now I've been doing doing this for a, lo- a longer amount of time. Half my life, I've been doing doing the the job stuff, and it's like, yeah, I kind of like in my own space, being creative
0: and, you know. Okay. Like yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, what are some of those uh, those session stories? Do you have any that stand out? Like some of your favorites or, you know, or maybe there's uh something that didn't go like the way that you wanted it to?
2: Well, what I was talking about before, the fact that you're stepping into something that you don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. That's a lot of times in the studio. Okay. You know, and so you get there and they're like, yeah, I want horns on this. It's like, okay. And then they're like, yeah, like just play some sax, you know. And we've all been there, yeah. You know, <laughs> just play We're some like, sax. I don't, I don't even know, like. And so you, it could be any type of music, you know. And they could be thinking, they could be listening to something that's not even horns and want horns, you know. And uh, <laughs> so you gotta just almost like a filter. You're like a filter. It's like they're like speaking another language mm-hmm. and you gotta figure out what they want. Yeah. Or they don't know what they want and you gotta throw shit throw stuff at the wall until something oh. is something sticks and they <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know what that reminds me of this other thing and then, you know, at least there's some type of direction there. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean it just is so wide the the what happens at at sessions and and at the studio it can be so uh different from one day to the next you know um but uh interesting stories i guess um i kind of do it every day so (laughs) okay (laughs) well what uh what stands out you know Um, I do like being in my own space. I like having people over at my, at my studio rather than, um, you know, going to somebody else's space a lot of times, you know,
1: where you don't know what to expect.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, you don't know what exact vibe you're stepping into sometimes. And, uh, you know, occasionally too, you'll be called to one of these sessions that, somebody at a studio and it won't be you'll have to wait you'll have to sit there all day you know that's a it's a thing that happens too um but uh I, I don't know man i'm just uh i like doing it it takes a lot of time yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well you've done you know a number of shows a number of live performances do you have uh, any artists, like, favorite artists that you like to, like, play with? And also, I want to get into, like, touring, too, if you've done any of that.
2: Yeah. I guess at this point, um, most of the <clears throat> pop or, like, you know, TV stuff, most of the artist gigs that I do, uh, I'm, it's very removed, you know? It's like working for a company, Okay. You know? Yeah, And, like... The tours that I've done, the smaller tours are more personal, but, um, yeah, the bigger tours, it's, it's, it's really working for a company and, uh, there's a lot of people involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of planning and, you know, um, you know, traveling and just a a lot of people and, 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 uh, moving pieces, moving pieces and like, you know, it's, it's, it's good to, to be on something like that because it's consistent and you know what you're going to get paid and, um, you know, it pays better than a lot of other music jobs. Okay. Um, but I... It doesn't really excite me other than, you know, having steady money. And, I mean, having the family... It excites me because I know I can provide for my family. Yeah, you know what I mean. Get you. Yeah, so that doesn't really do it for me these days. But I would say, um, and 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 I think that the family changed that for me. You know, I was like, I was not trying not to, to be
1: around touring. You mean?
2: No, just feeling like, um, want like. Everything I was doing for me, like, oh, I'm on this cool gig or whatever. That whole vibe changed when I had my girls, you know, when I had the kids. Mm -hmm. And now it's more like I want to be in my own space. Like whatever I'm doing as my job, which is music, is to provide for our life. You know, it's not I mean, yeah, you want to do things that are. Um, cool, I guess. But it's really about what's the environment? Is the environment a good environment? Like, is the pay right for the time? You know, um, how much time away from the house or out of LA is this going to cost me? You know, um, these are the important things now. It's not like what's the coolest person I'm playing with? Yeah, You know, because the things that are the most fun and the most rewarding to me aren't those yeah. things you know it's it's more like when i feel real creative in the studio or if i'm playing a good little jazz gig with somebody who's a great player in town you know um and those are the things that really make me those are the things that i get excited about and make me feel good about what i do yeah but yeah i mean you know of course we got to make a living and those are usually the best ways to make a living in music Mm -hmm. um but you have to diversify everything you have to do everything you know that's like that's not enough you Mm -hmm. know if you're doing i know some people who get on a tour and then they leave everything else and since they don't have other you know things happening once that tour ends which it's gonna at any time by the way it, mm-hmm. can, it, it can just drop out from underneath you at any time. There's no job security. Once that happens, then uh, they're scrambling to have something going on. So it's important to not put all your eggs in one basket like that, you know, and uh, to think that it's reliable because mm-hmm. it's really not, you know. And so diversify, diversify. That's so important. Have tons of little things happening all the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, I try to be conscious of that every week, you know. Sessions, little gigs, wedding gigs, the, the touring thing, you know, doing podcasts, you know, yeah. doing sound for things, mm-hmm. you know, doing little productions for little things, working on artist productions, you know, um, all that, all that. Uh, got it because those calls, they better be coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, how did you navigate or how did you start to collect, like, all these calls? Did opportunities come, you know, one by one, one from another?
2: Yeah, it's one from another, you okay. know, because I'm not on social media either. And so uh, it's literally being out there doing it and Mm -hmm. meeting people and and uh you know you got to talk yourself up a little bit which is not always the greatest
1: or easiest thing to do for a lot of people yeah Yeah.
2: don't love doing it you know what i mean um but you got to do it in order to work you got to do it to survive um i guess when i moved to la i had probably I had a few things, a a few people who were connected here. And so I guess I leaned heavily on that. And then whenever I met somebody, it's like you just got to follow up with people, you know. And when you don't have work, you got to be honest. And like I'll call somebody up, be like, hey, I haven't been working much. You know anybody who's looking for anything within my skill set, you know. Um, And, yeah, you just got to stay on top of it you know uh so yeah it was it was one by one um you know whoever you meet uh, obviously you have to back up what you say yeah um you have to stand up to your word you know um and you got to stay in touch with people but yeah it comes from w- meeting one person and then that know that person knows somebody and they're like oh you play horns or uh you do production or you, you know whatever it is they're like, Oh, I have this buddy. And then you're like, Oh, well let me get that number, you know, and hit up that person. Tell him if you, if you ever need something, you know, um, or like for me, I have a studio come over to my studio, check out what I do, you know? Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes people also say, Oh, Jesse does this. And then somebody calls me. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's basically all that, you know, it's, it's uh, it's pretty much just word of mouth. OK. Uh, yeah. That's how it's always been. Like when I first started, though, in college, you have that whole community of of the, of the, within kids the school within the school. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a way that you get started. Obviously, you know, that's pretty much how at least in my circle, how a lot of the musicians get started is their college community and everybody kind of rises together you know, and I still work with a bunch of people from, from college, even though I'm in LA, you know, that's cool. Still rocking with those same, same people, man. You know, that's awesome. The day ones. Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you grew up in Buffalo and you went to school on the East coast. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. I went to the university of Miami.
0: Okay. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I guess, tell me about your transition from there to LA. Like, why'd you make that switch?
2: That was for my wife. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really didn't want to leave. I was, I was working in Miami. It was a great. I was there for ten years, so I was pretty settled into the scene there. And um, it's not as there's a ceiling there. I would say there there's not a lot of
1: uh, as far as opportunities.
2: Yeah, I mean the the industry isn't really there. You know, um, you can do well there. I was doing like reggae stuff and um you know there's a lot of corporate work there, a lot of jazz stuff happening there. Um some like South American artists and island artists and stuff like that. But uh so my wife was on a gig. She's a singer. Okay. And so she moved out here for her gig. Or well she we she wanted to move out here for her gig. And it was kind of like she kind of needed to, you know. And so um, she was just a lot of back and forth. And I was coming out here a, a lot with her. And at a certain point, it just made sense. To make the move. To make the move. And uh, it was definitely the best move for me also, you know. Um, but I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't had stuff set up if right. I didn't have people here. So it made sense, but it was really for her, you know. Um
0: got you, but you made sure that you were prepared.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. totally. But I it wasn't starting over, but it was in some ways it was starting over. Mm-hmm. But I had work when I right when I got here, you know. Otherwise I wouldn't have been I I wouldn't have wanted to do it. Yeah. But there was some there was definitely some uh anxiety about like, okay, I'm going to a new city. I'm not going to school there. I don't have the type of community that I have in Miami here. Um, but, oh man, it was just, it was great. Especially those first couple of years of really hustling and being out and, and starting over. That was such a great growing experience and a great time for me, you know? Okay. Yeah. Even though there's anxiety with that, it's, um, got to put yourself on the spot you always got to put yourself on the spot in the same way that you step into something that's not exactly comfortable mm-hmm. go to a new city you're gonna grow you're gonna learn new things you know um stay moving stay moving you know
0: okay yeah so you said that you're not on social media and earlier you talked about social media being a problem for some musicians yeah and artists yeah can you give me your perspective on that
2: yeah totally so when So I had Instagram and a Facebook uh, for, basically, I got it when I moved to LA because I figured I need it, right? Okay. And then when my first daughter was born, which was three years later, I got rid of it. And I didn't like what it was doing to me Uh, in terms of that comparison, you know? You see, and it's not real what you're seeing there either right you're seeing a snippet of what somebody wants you to see and so you know i i i talk about it with people that um you know somebody will say something like oh man like i just saw that this dude's on on this gig that i was doing like you know uh, it, it makes me feel and and it not only does it make them feel bad at that moment, but it stays with them for days because they see this, mm-hmm. right? And um, and not only do they see it, but everybody else s- can see that too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that that also is a problem with the th- with the thoughts. Like, everybody knows now, or like, um, you know, there's also the side of people put out music and it doesn't do well on there. And then they're like, what am I doing wrong? And there's, there's this, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but, um, it's like a a loop that people get stuck in on those things, you know? Sure. And, uh, and it's just, I don't think money's the root of all evil. I think it's comparison, Mm. you know? And, yeah, it's just, it preys on the worst parts of us, you know. It really does. And so, um, I just see it being unhealthy for some of my friends who are musicians, you know. Because um, that thing that you were talking about, how it's like, what's the coolest thing you're doing? Sure. It's like, well, the th- coolest thing I'm doing isn't as cool as the coolest thing they're doing. So, one of my... What do I look like on the internet? You know what I mean. Gotcha. It's yeah, like it's not a healthy place to be. like yeah. that's all. It's not real. It's just not real. Yeah, I get you. And you know, having a family puts that into perspective for me. That's what that's what put it in this perspective for me. It's like none of that matters. Like, dude, it's not even these people. It's not even real. You don't even know the person. You feel like you know these people. It's not the truth. Right. You're not, you you don't know anything about these people, you know? Um, You see the highlights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see the highlights that aren't, that aren't even like they're fabricated. Right. It's (laughs) not real. It's not a real highlight. Like it looks a certain way. Right. You know, that's what, (laughs) that's that's what TV is. You know, it makes it look real. It doesn't, it's not actually real. Yeah. So in that same way, I feel like people on social media, you know, it's, you don't really know what's going on there, you know, you don't know what's, what that person's dealing with, what that person's going through. And, um, that's what, you know, when you talk to a person, you, you can relate to them. And like, you may think something looks really good, but they may not be happy either. So it's like, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it looks really cool. Maybe that gig that they're doing is, a huge time suck, also, and maybe they're not getting paid so well, or like you don't even know, you know. So like, why are you beating yourself up over it, right? You know. Um, so I don't know. That's what that's what I would say about that. I just I just don't think it's healthy for people,
0: you know. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about your creative process as a as a music producer. You said that you've got some stuff that you've been working on this week.
2: Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: How do you start from, you know, zero to finish? Hmm.
2: Yeah, finishing. That's like the hard part. Right? <laughs> um, well, this week um, I had a couple of people over and we just played. So it's important to not put too many uh, boundaries on what you're doing, I think, at this point in my life, right? Because <clears throat> once you do that, it's not fun anymore and that's what we should be doing first of all with music that's why we got into it because it's amazing and it's fun yeah okay so in my space I'm trying to have fun as much as possible so uh, we uh, I got a couple of guys over and we played um, just free you know just play whatever you want you know uh, and record it so drums bass and I played some flute you know and then we um, find it like we played for ninety minutes, and then you go through and you listen. And you're like, "Oh, that's not good. Oh, that's not whatever." And then uh, you find this little snippet that's real good, you know, and then you start to build from there, you know. Rather than like, it's so hard to go in and listen to some some music, um, like you listen to a pop song. Okay, let's re- let's make something like this, mm-hmm. right? That's how a lot of people work. And that's how a lot of um, commercial music is made and pop music and stuff like that, right? And that is always going to yield similar results, right? For obvious reasons. So uh, I'm not feeling that that vibe right now. So uh, we go in and we cut up and we start to find little pieces of this this raw material that we've created we've just you know just played whatever you know and then uh so you, you cut it up and you you find it and then you start overdubbing and you know playing with it and having fun with it and something uh something beautiful comes out you know and that's not how I always make music but lately that's how I've been making music and there was, uh, I guess, maybe I guess it was during pandemic, maybe like two years ago or something like that. Was that when it was? Two, two three years so, ago?
0: Almost four years ago, the start of it. But yeah, well, it was we, a, we went through cycles. It was in the middle. It was <laughs> in the here, middle of please. it. Sure.
2: Um, when I was like, okay, great, we can like, <laughs> we're not working too much. We can get together in the studio now. Um, so put these all these sessions together. Put the, all these bands together. I mean, like ten bands or like just ten. 10 different, like, groups of musicians together. And uh, some of them I tried writing charts. Some of my I, I tried, like, you know, playing jazz. Some of them I tried playing, like, like funk music, had people bring tunes, um, all, all kinds of different, like, f- vibes and feelings and instrumentation and everything. And then uh, one of them was just bass, drums, and flute. And we played just whatever. And it really clicked. And so that's what that's the project that I've been working on since then for the last couple of years, I guess. And so I've been making music that way a lot. And um, so, yeah, it's just like a really free creative zone, you know, and there's no rules and there's no like trying to do some specific thing to get it placed on something, or try to get it to this person or try to make money with it or anything like that there's none of that so uh it's it's really it feels really good to do it you know yeah and um and the results have been super great and fun you know um but yeah all always music takes a long time you know you gotta sit with it and try to understand what's what's coming and you know, pull things out of the air, you know, it's not, it's not like you can't force anything into it. You know, it's like finding things. It's not really like, it's not really, you know, oh, I'm going to use these chords and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it sound like this. It's more like in, in, in the best case scenario, it's more like, oh wow. it feels like, Oh, I kinda like hear that. I don't know where that came from, but it yeah. just kinda like came to me, you know. Or like you're at the instrument and you're like, Oh wow, like I don't know what that is, but it just came out, you know, and yeah. and, and giving yourself that that time and that space to do that, uh, is is where I'm I'm at right now.
1: Without putting any like you said, uh, purpose or pressure on it. Yeah, I mean it's about just creating and
2: Yeah. And, uh what a concept, right? Like <laughs> I want to make music that I can listen to. Like, how about that? <laughs> yeah. How about just that? You know, rather than, um, okay, well, we got to get this to the label, and then, well, uh, they don't, they don't really like this because right now they're doing stuff that that's like this artist, and so you know, let's make something like that, like, so that we can make money with that. Like, just cut all that out for, for at least part of your life. So that you still feel good about doing it, you know. For sure. Um but yeah, so the process right now, it's different every time, I would say. You know. Okay. It's more about it's more about the people that you get involved with it, you know. Um and of course there's different people that I work with, but um that project uh is with four four of us. Okay. You know and there's a singer involved and there's a bass player and a drummer and then we bring in other people as needed you know Uh, but i'm real excited about that just because of the process yeah really you know
0: um awesome man yeah yeah i would love to hear that can we pull that up
2: yeah we can pull that up
0: okay sweet let's take a listen yeah A vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't think I've ever heard the flute played like in that kind of a way.
2: Oh yeah, like that's the... an alto flute. Yeah? yeah, it's like a lower flute. Uh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I was warm. wondering. I was like, it's it sounded a lot warmer. I yeah, I like. I don't normally like the flute, but I love that.
1: Dude, yeah, yeah, nice. I mean, yeah, you it's don't awesome, like the man. flute. Huh? <laughs> well, it's not. I wouldn't say it's my favorite instrument, okay, but
2: okay. yeah, yeah. That's, no, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> oh man, flutes! That was, that was flutes the best, man. Flute fits in any music, basically. Yeah. Like hip hop, jazz, funk, mm-hmm. like orchestra. Like flute is across the board, cool. Yeah. Saxophone? No. <laughs> yeah. Not across the board. Situational. Yeah, situational <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, flute can be flute can be kitschy too,
0: you know. But like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was clean, man. Thanks for sharing. Sense. Yeah, yeah. So, what have you got going on recently? Like, what's some some new things that you're working on? Some projects that you're looking forward to?
2: Oh man, I'm looking forward to spending some time at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like right. after last year, after the end of the year, last year was busy. Was busy, man. Um, I mean that making music like that—that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, um, I've been making some. I work with this guy blue also who we've been making some good music. Um, That's real fun. That's a little bit more in the uh, we're trying to fit into something category. Sure. Which is still fun. You know, if you're doing it with the right person, like you have to have somebody who's s- super creative and good at the things that you're not mm-hmm. right. It's like being creative within boundaries is also you know very
1: a skill set in a some skill ways. set and yeah. f-
2: can be fun mm-hmm. a little bit more in the box but still like try to be weird in some way and he's good at that and so I uh, love making music with that guy you know really cool Yes, yeah so uh, we have a bunch of tunes right now that are that are going well but the trophy stuff that group with the four people is really I'm really excited about that you okay. know and it's similar vibe to what what I just played you know but with with a vocal on top you know um, so yeah that's been that's been going real well and I'm excited about that
0: all right yeah yeah we're looking forward to hearing more man yeah yeah totally so where can everybody find all your music
2: um I mean, you can't right now. <laughs> 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 it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Shit out of luck, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, the uh, the trophy stuff will be out soon. The blue stuff, occasionally stuff gets put out. Uh, and uh, that's B-L-E-U, blue, if you want to check that stuff out. But um, a lot of the stuff that I've been making is just I don't know if it's ready right now you know okay yeah Um, but it will be soon yeah so we'll see don't have wor- working titles for for much yet except for like Trophy and the Trophy songs you know? but again that stuff isn't really out yet so
0: okay Yeah. well yeah. we know you're always busy man we're looking forward to hearing it yeah, yeah keep us posted
1: yeah
2: yeah totally
0: all right, great. Well, Jesse, man, thanks so much for being yeah, on the podcast with absolutely. us, man. Pleasure absolutely. having you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you.